Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Alison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. My guest today is the mega rock star, Corey Taylor. You know him from his bands Slipknot and Stone Sour, but today we dive into his solo music and the stories behind it. This week, he put out Beyond, the first song off of his upcoming solo album, CMF2, which is out this fall, and he also announced his U.S. tour. We talk all about the new music, how music literally saved his life, why he describes himself as the worst metal dad, the new bands he's loving, and how he is going to celebrate this year's milestone birthday. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice, new music, you need to know. It all starts now. You sound great. You look awesome. Thank you. I, yeah. I'm, I, not bad. I'm suffering from a sinus infection right now. So I'm really, oh. uh, I got it. I, I swear to God, we finished recording CMF2 and my my whole system just went, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, I was like, no, I was, oh, it was awful. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, listen, it could be worse. Like, I'm not going to complain or anything. It could be way worse. Right. But you did finish recording. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, two days ago, um, we just, we just finished recording everything and, uh, it's, massive it's i'm putting it out there right now that it's the best rock album of this year and next year oh my god Corey! i am so excited and i'm going to hold up my cmft belt to just like celebrate this moment (laughs) i have been following all of your hilarious behind the scenes i mean you are first of all you are hilarious and all I kept thinking, like, I know you've done acting and stuff, but have you done yeah. comedy, like an improv? I'm not, no. I mean, I, I the closest I came is when I would do my my spoken word stuff on the road. I would right. open with probably about 20 to 30 minutes just riffing, uh, you know, just talking and whatever. And then we would do the Q&A. But yeah, I'm, I've never done... Like all my all my comedian friends keep telling me that I should try like an open mic thing, and I'm like, no, no. It's listen, I I know how difficult stand up can mm-hmm. be, and I would never yeah. even I would never even think that I could do that the way they do it. Like, there's so much work and craft that goes into it, and I'm just a dork, you know. Like, I'm really <laughs> funny when people know who I am, but if it's just a cold room. They don't want to hear about it, right? So, yeah, I'm. I'm all. When you were like, it's totes ridiculous, you know, it's totes ridiculous. Like you're the totes funny. Maybe there's like a <laughs> maybe there's like a role for you. I don't know. I'm like set on this. I just think you're so funny, dude. I would totally do a comedic movie. Like I would, yeah, 100 do that because I don't think that would be playing so against ty- like cast really. Because I'm in, they right. put me in horror movies all the time, but. I would just like I I could be the dude on the couch, you know. Like I'm not afraid to to do that. So, and God knows I've known enough of those people, so I could definitely. That's what I'm saying. Know. Like, of course, you've done like the horror films. Like, we get it. Of course, it makes sense. But I just think right. I'm just throwing it out there. I think it'd be hilarious in a different kind of role. Um, I digress. I digress. No, let's put it. Let's put it into the universe. Let's put let's it see out. See what there. happens, man. <laughs> I also want to just point out because it was an interesting statistic that I came up with that I just wanted to celebrate you again. But I didn't realize in, in 2021, um, when Black Eyes Blue went to number one, yeah, it was the first time that an artist in that format reached number one with three separate projects: Slipknot, Stone Tower, and Corey Taylor. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty cool achievement. Does stuff like that does that mean something to you? It's pretty rad. I mean, it's not anything that I thought would happen. Or well, and honestly, I didn't even realize that I would be the first to do that. I would have thought there were dozens of of you know people who were in my position that could have pulled that off. You know. Um, but when I heard about it, I was, it, it, you know, kind of pushed me back. I was like, that's rad, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's just one more sign that I'm doing something right. So, uh, but yeah, I was very, very grateful. And I mean, the band was amazing that I got to work with and yeah, it was, 
I was pretty proud. Well, it really speaks to just your versatility. And I want to talk all about the new music, but I do also want to talk about Bone Church. Right. Which was a a beautiful brooding ballad that we that we were surprised to to receive. Um Tell me a little bit about this song now. Was this something that you guys had been working on for a while? Dude, we've had that song for a long time, to be honest. Um, and the plan to put it out w- kind of just kind of came out of nowhere. Let's put it that way. Um, that was a song that we recorded during the demo stages of We Are Not Your Kind, to be honest. So it's been floating around for a minute. Okay. And uh you know, obviously it's it's such a new landscape with everything. You you know, you can't you don't really say you know, there's really no place to put this anymore because, you know, obviously you can throw it up as just a kind of standalone thing and, and just see what happens. But, um, you know, Clown had a vision for it and uh, I was happy to help him do that. You know, we had so much leftover footage from the Yen mm-hmm. uh, video shoot that he was able to kind of knit it together and really make something really cool. You know, I mean, his eye is always looking for the art, you know, and that song, I, you know, I guess in my eyes, really just kind of lend itself to it. It's really awesome. I mean, it surprised me in the best way possible. I just thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. And then, you know, there's there's also been talk about look outside your window. Right. Do you think that's going to, we're going to see that this year? I mean, the best way to make God laugh is to announce your plans out loud. So I- <laughs> Good call. I, Good call, yeah. yeah listen, the, he's been telling me that it's coming out for over 10 years. So I- <laughs> I honestly, I just sit back and I go, all right, I mean, whatever, Sounds fine. Good. whatever, yeah. whatever you think is best. I mean, at this point, Got it. I, as long as they just send me a free copy, I'll be fine. You know, like I, I just, okay. it's, it's, I can't tell you, man, I, I went back and I re-listened to a lot of that stuff. Um, not, not long ago. And I forgot how good, not only how good the songwriting was, but just how, lush the recording was to be honest i mean mm-hmm. you know you're talking about two separate worlds that were going on at the time they had all hope is gone going up here which, which was just dark and filthy and then up the hill uh, at the house at matt's house matt Sapanic, who owned the studio was this whole other world of experimentation and you know which just gave birth to this crazy I don't like to compare it to too many bands, but there's definitely a Radiohead vibe to it um, with a little more with a little more thought to song structure. Let's put it that way, because Radiohead Mm -hmm. likes to go off on tangents. Yeah. And we were you know, we we kind of consigned it to the song structure, but those elements are definitely there, man. Um, So, yeah, I mean, someday in 100 years when the album gets released, um, we'll. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see what happens, but I think people, I think people are ready to hear it now. I don't know if they would have been ready then, but I, I definitely mm-hmm. think they're probably ready to hear it now. I'm definitely ready, and I and yeah. I'm ready for this new. I'm ready for a CMF too. And oh. you know, you've said instead of instead of where I came from, this is where I'm going. Tell me more yeah. about that. So, you know, the first album was really just me kind of throwing the spaghetti at the wall, man. You know, it's like I had all these leftover songs that were. I don't want to say spare parts because I love those songs, but they just felt like some, I was like, okay, I, if I never get another chance to record these songs, this is the opportunity. I mean, so this is very much like kind of the starting point was, you know, just all these tunes it was it didn't fit with anything that I'd ever really done before. And some of those songs I had tried to give to other people and nobody, you know, they didn't want to record them. So I was like, okay, this will be the starting point. Now, now that I knew that I had a band that could handle any musical challenge, any, you know, any, anything I threw at them. That's when it got really, really exciting. Um, the material is darker. It's, uh, it's definitely heavier. Um, there are some, it's probably some of the best songs I've ever written. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, the I mean, hook wise, there are hooks coming out. I mean, there's so many hooks; it might as well be a Hellraiser movie. I mean, it's that gnarly, right? So, from a, from an actual songwriting perspective, like you, yeah. you you feel that your songwriting is is stronger in this. But the, at the same time, uh, some of the people who were listening to it told me they could feel 
not only different genres, but different decades. I love that. All in one song. There's kind of almost in a, in a, in a weird hybrid way, but without trying to feel like a hybrid album. You know, like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's basically taking all of these vibes and creating an amalgam that just explodes when you hear it. I mean, there's, there's screaming, there's double bass, but there's also a mandolin song. There's, uh, you know, damn near country, but there's also, uh, speed punk. I mean, it's it, but it's all focused this time. Whereas the old, the, the first album kind of felt a little eclectic, which it was, was supposed to mm-hmm. be. But this album is so much more focused, and so is the playing. I mean, the playing is three times better than the first album. The performances are three times better. It's just this album eats the first album and then engulfs everything around it. That's how good it is. Oh, my God. I love to hear that. So, I mean, it makes sense because you have so many influences and right. you hear them on the first album, but it sounds like the second album is more cohesive overall, sonically. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good word to use, is cohesive. It's, it's honestly, it gives people more of what they have grown to know about me. You know, like it gives them the heavy, it gives them the darker, it gives them, there's a, there's a, a, a very somber acoustic song on the album called Sorry Me, which is, you know, it's it, it's a song like I, I can write that stuff all day, but I haven't in a while. And that was just a song that I just started kind of tinkering around with. And it's actually the last song I wrote for the album. And wow. it came out. I, I, I won't I won't give too much away, but we had a cellist came in. And she was able to just knit this vibe together so well that I we listened back to it. And I'm I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I have goosebumps just hearing you talk about it. Oh, it's so good. My wife heard it and she was just like, oh, yeah. Like, this is the album I think everybody expected from me on the first album. But now, now that I've been able to kind of establish myself and establish the fact that you never really know what you're going to get with me. You know, mm-hmm. I can put a, an album together that has hints of Slipknot, Stone Sour, this, the first album, and then all of the music that has made me who I am today. You know, it's me basically just kind of pulling it all together and going, all right, now, now let's see what we got. Now let's see where we go from here. I love that. Was any part of making this album cathartic for you? It sounds oh, like you've yeah. kind of like tiptoed into new territories that you haven't before. Not only was it cathartic, but it made me really proud as a songwriter, man. You know, and not only that, but just the people who I assembled for this for this band. You know, um, essentially, it's the same band uh, with the exception of Elliot Larango on bass, and we were able to. I mean, and he's so good that. I mean, you can throw any style at him. He can play Cliff Burton. He can play John Paul Jones. He can play Duff McKay. He can do it all. So it's almost so criminal. It almost makes me yeah. angry at him. You angry. Know, he's that good. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. But the cool thing is, is that he he and Dustin, our drummer, locked in so tight that me and Tooch and Zach were able to really kind of lay the foundation guitar-wise. And I would just sit back and go, this started as an idea on my couch, like filming it and sending it to these guys. And they took it and just ran with it. And sometimes uh, taking it and running with it, not even knowing what the vocals would sound like until we got in uh, and recorded it. You know, we uh, The first two tracks of this album are called, uh, the intro track is called The Box. And that's the mandolin song I was talking about. It's very vibey, very... Almost like a Nine Inch Nails Led Zeppelin vibe. Oh, okay. That's amazing. And that leads into a really heavy song called Post Traumatic Blues, which deals with that trauma and how you move on and how you keep, you know, keep trying to find ways to make yourself a little more sane in a crazy world, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way those two fit together and the way those guys laid the guitar work. And honestly, I only sent it to them as as music. Like they didn't even hear me sing it until we got in the studio. And they were just like, uh, they looked at me. They were like, okay, this is, 
this is already my favorite stuff that we're doing on the album. And it just made me really happy, really proud. And it made me, and, and coming from them, then these guys are some of the best in the business and made me really grateful that, you know, I had oh, dudes awesome. like that in my corner. Yeah. Isn't that a gift when you just find this creative chemistry, you know, and you're it's in hard. a room and you're like, wow, we're creating something pretty special here. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's so rare. It is. There are, well, and not only is it rare, but it's even rarer that you find people that not only you vibe with creatively, but they're some of the best people on the planet. Like know? human beings. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And you, sometimes you get one, not the other, not the other, you know, or vice versa. But I've been really, really lucky to uh, not only have great friends, but friends that have been shredding for, you know, 20 years now or 20 plus years. And you know, it's it's kind of reflected in how we are together. I mean, you saw the videos that we've been yeah. posting online. We're all such dorks, man. Like it doesn't even I matter. <laughs> but we can throw down with anybody. And that's what's rad. And I think that chemistry and that energy will come through in the music. And I really cannot oh, yeah. wait to hear it. Yeah. I, I can't wait for you to hear it too. I'd say I always go back to when we did that listening uh session for hydrograd oh that was the best we had yes. so much fun and i was so nervous playing it for everybody and then once everybody heard it like it just it just it was almost like this just big sigh of relief you know and that's the way i am with this like i'm so excited to play it for everybody that i'm nervous to play it for everybody <laughs> so i mean we'll uh you know we'll definitely see what happens but i i think people i don't think people are ready to be honest. I don't think they're ready for uh, what they're going to hear. I cannot wait. And by the way, going back to that listening session we had. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. You talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh. Somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. First of all, it's one of my favorite memories with you. And Fabulous is still on all my workout playlists. It's like great. that song is such a freaking banger. I love Dude, that song. We threw so that much. in the set when we did the UK shows um, for Scream uh, and I forgot the pop that the audience gives when that song kicked in. I mean, yeah. they just were like, yeah. And I was just like, okay, this was a good decision. That right? song's <laughs> fire. I mean, yeah. that song needs to be like in every set and, and every workout playlist. Like if I just need to get pumped up or I'm, or I'm just so angry, that's like right. my outlet, that song. It's a go-to for me. Thank yeah, you. It is. Well, I, we try. We do, we do our best. <laughs> I wanted to also just point out, because I am really a fan of yours not just as a musician, but you really inspire me because I think that people see you and you're so, you're funny, you're charismatic. Of course, you're an incredible front man, but I don't, I'm not sure if everyone realizes what you've been through and the obstacles that you have right. had to overcome. And I honestly find that to be the most fascinating and right. endearing. Um, and I, I hope you are also proud, not only of making your great music, but that what you've been through and, and where you are now and like what an inspiration you are. Um, you know, even just, you know, learning about your childhood and how you had, you moved to like a, a, a multitude of states, <laughs> yeah. you know, during a very young, impressionable time in your life. Um, I would just, if you don't mind sharing, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about your upbringing like that and how, thank God for music, um, because it really did serve as a grounding force and a medicine for you. No, you're not wrong. Um, I mean, and honestly, music, and I've said this for so many years now. And it, it, and every time I say it, it strengthens how much I feel about it. Like music was my lifeline. Mm -hmm. You know, it really was. It was the only thing that made me feel something other than horrible, really, and, and hated and, and painful. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're growing up surrounded by so much chaos, uh, so much pain, so much, you know, I mean, the people who we lived with were just incredible addicts. We we had no money. All the money went to getting them chemicals, my family included, man. I mean, it was it was gnarly. And then the abuse that came with it, you grew up very much in an environment where you never felt safe. 
You never felt like you could, you were always on guard. You were always just very aware of who was in the room. You were very aware of if, you know, who was coming over. You were very aware of what was being done. And it made you coil like a spring, basically. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, once I got out of that environment, it took years for me to actually feel like I could relax. You know, I, I spent so many years kind of just living on floors mm -hmm. that I forgot what beds felt like, you know, I mean, wow, it's yeah. it something, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, that I've really forced myself to, I guess, appreciate, you know, is the, mm -hmm. is the right word. Um, you know, there are days I wake up and, you know, it's, the normal wear and tear mentally of of life and you go you know what at least i'm not sleeping on concrete mm -hmm. at least i'm not sleeping with everything that i cherish curled up in my arms because i don't want somebody to steal it you know like it's yeah it's that level of appreciation for what you know whatever the universe has has allowed me to do and, I, and sometimes i kind of think about Maybe I had to kind of go through that to get on this other side, mm -hmm. but to also be able to share it and to encourage people to to stick, you know, stick it out because things will always get better. You know, it can always be better, you know? Right. And I have so many people come up to me at at conventions and whatnot where I do a lot of signings or the meet and greets for the for the for the band or uh, you know, the people who I meet through the Taylor Foundation. Um right. Which you know, and that's everybody. I mean, that's veterans, that's former law enforcement, uh, you know, people in emergency services. All of their families. They come up to me and they tell me how much they appreciate what I've done, mm. and I have to remind them that I was just in the background. You did all the heavy work. You did all the heavy mm. lifting. So don't ever, ever give somebody else uh, credit for the work that you did, you know, like, it's like, I appreciate that. But at the same time, you should be very proud of the fact that you pulled yourself out of those, you know, those situations, or you rose above the things that were happening to you mm -hmm. to, to find a better place for yourself, man. And that, and I think, and I think that gets lost a lot of times when you're talking to people. Um, we have those people that we look to that we appreciate and, you know, we look up to, but at the same time, we're the ones doing, you know, you know, nobody's holding our feet when we're doing pull-ups, you know, like yeah. we're doing it on our own and, you know, and I, I appreciate all of that, but at the same time, I make sure that, you know, the, the finger gets pointed back at them because they're the ones that did a lot. They, they deserve a lot of the credit. Right. And, you know, to think about your music has done for so many people, what, that that moment when what faith no more did for you right you know you had you had hit a rock bottom moment <sighs> yeah and there was a specific performance right and that yeah. sort of changed everything for you yeah it was the uh it was the video music awards um and i mean i guess I, i'll go back a little bit um i uh it was the it was honestly it was the last time i tried to commit suicide and uh it was a pretty dark day for me i was 19 and uh, a friend of mine, their mom found me at the house. I'd taken a bunch of pills. And for some reason, she had stopped by to drop some stuff off that was at my And she found me and she called 911. She got me into that. She kept me alive. She got me into the ambulance wow. and got me to the hospital. I woke up and they were pumping my stomach. They had fed me Epicac. And I'm, you know, which... To this day, I I have a hard time. Every time I taste maple syrup just a little bit, there's that part of me that goes, Woof! Association. It's yeah. so gross. Uh. But I also eat my weight in pancakes. So it doesn't <laughs> But I remember having to call because I had nobody else to call. I had to call my grandmother. Um, and obviously, you know, she and I were so close. For her to see me in that in that state was difficult, you know, the right. very cold very quiet ride 
back to her house because I had nowhere else to go. And she was your rock. She yeah. was your rock. She was, I mean, she was my everything, man. Like she yeah. was my rock. She was home. She was the person. She was the only person in my life that made me feel safe. Oh. Um, and, you know, there's not a day that I don't think about her. You know, it's, it's been God, almost four years now that we lost her. And it's, yeah. What a special woman. Thank yeah. God. Thank she really God was. You had her. But yeah, I mean, I was laying on the couch. The Video Music Awards were on. And here comes this crazy band. Like, I, you know, and I knew them. I knew the videos. I knew the songs. But I'd never seen anything so subversive. Yeah. And so just, you know. Badass, I, just, I mean, yes. they didn't care, you know. And yeah. I, I kind of so sat cool. up. He was the progenitor for everything in my head that I wanted to do. Wow. I just like, cause they played every style. He dressed any way he wanted. He did anything that he wanted. And he was just like, you're never going to change me and I'm not going to play your game. So screw you. Yeah. And I immediately fell in love with that. And I was like, okay, I, it kind of, you know, I, I dabbled in music for a little bit and I'd gotten away from it. But in that moment I knew I was just like, I'm rededicating myself to it. And this is what I want to do. <sighs> It's amazing. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Does I mean, have you spoken with him? Does he know, you know, the, the role that his music played in your life? Every time I see him, and he's so nice to me that I but I'm always just such a tool. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> I really am, man. Like I I it's it's but I'm like that with everybody. Like I, I was like that with uh Dave Vanian. When I met him, uh-huh. I I was like that with Alice, you know, Aww. all the dudes who I look up to. I really take myself out of the center of attention. I I kind of hang back and I just go, oh, I'm just such, I'm such <laughs> You're a, a true dick. music fan. Am, you, go, you get excited. And, and I also appreciate the fact that for the most part, I'm on a first name basis with these people, which is <laughs> I can't right. to this day Aww. handle it. Um, every time I've seen him. It's kind of been in passing, you know, um, we've, we've talked, we've hung out and stuff, but I've, I've never been able to share that with him, you know, because for a second, when, when Slipknot first hit, um, I would always drop his name as a huge influence because of that. And I don't think he understood the background of it because when he heard it, he was just like, oh, he can do better than that. I was like, no, you can't really, because you're fucking Mike Patton, man. I mean, are you kidding uh. me? So. For me, I don't even know if I would want to, you know, I just, right. I, just, I hear that. It's, it's one of those things where I cherish that moment because of what it helped me do, you know? And, and, and I, to me, that's like, I, I, I love the fact that I can kind of pass it on, but I don't think I'd ever need to say thank you to him. You know, like I've yeah. seen him, I've seen him live so many times and he has always blown me away. I mean, there has never been a moment where I've watched him sing or perform and I've gone, I, I mean, I've said anything other than, Oh my God. I mean, he's, he just, uh, he knows no limits and he's just ridiculously amazing, you know? So cool. And I know that you're a huge Pearl Jam fan too, which oh, I love. Yeah. 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 Uh, that first album is a clinic in just how imaginative you can be the, the, the hooks the the vocals the it was such an amazing blend of the urgency of like punk and that mm-hmm. kind of alternative style you just could feel it all kind of come together and the, to this day they're just one of the best bands that ever were I agree I know? mean do you think that you could ever do collaboration with Eddie is that it, would that be a dream for you <laughs> I, I'd love that you know I and I've heard because uh, we have some mutual friends I've heard that he's a really Great dude, really nice guy. I yeah. would I would write with him in a heartbeat, man. I wouldn't even know what to do. I would just sit back and it's like, you know, I'm just gonna strum these chords. You just sing. I just want to hear you sing stuff, you know? <laughs> just I just, even just him as ukulele, you know? Right, exactly. I mean yeah, I'll, I'll anything grab my mandalele and just be like, <laughs> That's right. Rad. I love it. I'm putting that out there too, by the way. I'm yeah, putting out yeah, your, your comedy role and I'm putting out you there. and Eddie Vetter. Yeah. <laughs>
But I think it's also really cool about you, and you've said this, that you really want to also wave the flag for younger bands right. or, or just for, you know, mid-level bands who haven't had an opportunity. Um, and you named a band who I love, uh, Amiel and the Sniffers. Oh. I never know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Isn't she, isn't that the coolest band? I think she's awesome. They're so good. And yeah, I remember uh, a friend of mine turned me on to them. And I I can remember listening to it and and you know obviously I didn't even realize that they had um uh other albums. I just heard the the new mm-hmm. album that came out a couple of years ago and I immediately yeah. ran to my wife and I was like, you have to hear this band because she and I yes. are so dialed when it comes to stuff like that. And the ferocity in her attack and but then also just the fun energy that comes out of that like just her performance and her songs and the music itself it's just you can just see it's like they feel it and they they mean it but at the same time they're kind of like we can take this or leave it you know and to me that yes that's the punk spirit man it's just like chorus whatever we're gonna give you what we want to give you you get nothing more nothing less kiss our ass we are gonna do exactly what we want and that to me is ugh. It's anathema to everything that is so out there just begging to be yes. popular, begging to be pretty. And it's just like, fuck off, yeah. man. This is where it's at. It's just so raw. Exactly. Yeah, it's just raw and authentic. Yeah. And it's just, it just she pumps me up. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I put her on when I'm running, man, when I'm doing cardio and stuff. Like I have a whole yes. like uh, playlist and I just and I just grind through it because I, I, just, I just know I can get through it, you know? So good. What about what about the band Sleep Token? Are you familiar with them, dude? I I tell you what, I hadn't even heard them until my wife um, Alicia. I love that she's that you guys talk music together. I love that, dude. Oh, she and I we we that was one of the things that we bonded on, man. Is that we just loved music and we share music together so much, you know? Because I mean, with her group, she's always thinking in music, of course. you know. So when she finds something amazing she's just like you got to hear this and when i first heard sleep token i was like what the hell is this man yeah they to me are one of the few new i don't even i i'll call them metal but there's so many different levels and layers mm-hmm. to their music yes. there's there's pop elements there's jazz elements there's there's moments that feel, there's like an R and B feel to yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, I love the fact that nobody really knows who they are. I love the fact mm-hmm. that, that they don't want to be known, you know? I mean, there are hints of early, early slipknot there, you know, where it's yep. like at yep. first we were just like, Nope, you get nothing. This is exact. This is what you get. You figure it out. It would let the music speak for ourselves. Yeah. And I, you know, when my when when Alicia was just like, you gotta check this out. I mean, I can remember sitting down and just going, Jesus, this is really good, you know. So it's stuff like that that gives me hope for the future. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that because I love them. I yeah. think they are so cool. And yes, the whole anonymity and the mask. I just was wondering how you specifically felt about them, but that that's cool to hear you say that. Oh, it's great. No, I I think yeah, you know, because there's so many. The, the problem comes. It's not that there's no creativity, to be honest, mm-hmm. in music. The problem comes when all of these bands either choose to or are made to use the same producer, the same production, the same – they suck the life completely out of it. It's it's all composed on a computer, and it just sounds flat. Mm-hmm. It's the same tone. There's no identity to it. That As soon as I hear it, and I, I just – and I and I my ear is so tuned to that modern production that as yeah. soon as I hear it, I just go, nope, shut it up. I don't even want to. I don't even right. care because there's no vibe, there's no life, there's no there's no heart right. to any of that stuff. And I get it. It's it's easy. It's it's what everybody does, and a lot of people that's all they care about is easy, and that's what everybody does. I have never been that dude. Right. I would rather get in a room. And play music at people, and have that music collide in the air, and have it have it fe- become the fingerprint of that moment. That's what it's all about, man. When you flatline everything, it, it just it, you're sending music out there to die. 
So yeah, bands like Sleep Token, man, there's so much vibe there, and you can feel yes. the the artistic endeavors that they're really you know they're they're reaching for. It's going to be exciting to see where they go, man. Yeah, I'm with you. What about your son Griffin and his band? Does that make you really proud to see him doing his thing? If you ever want to see me cheese out like crazy, <laughs> just look side of the stage for a vent at a Vended show <laughs> yeah. with that I'm at, and you will see Aww. me losing my mind. I am the worst metal dad on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> he you know, it's so funny. And I call him out all the time. Like he didn't even want to play music, man. Like he, when he was young, he didn't even care. I tried teaching him how to play guitar. I tried teaching him how to play drums. I tried teaching him all this stuff. And he was like, meh, you know, like he wanted uh-huh. to, he wanted to do his own, do his own thing. Right. Exactly. And I was like, and I never pushed it on him. I was like, okay, fair enough. You know, I'm telling you though, Someday you're going to wish. And he, to this day, he goes, man, I really wish I had stuck with the guitar. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm, See, I told, told you. you. But I love the fact that he gravitated towards it on his own terms. Yeah. He gravitated towards music with people that he, he grew up with, with uh, friends who were able to put a band together, a real band, not something mm-hmm. that was, you know, kind of constructed by parents. Right. This was, these are people that he went to school with, man, you know? Like his buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they hang to this day, you know, they rib each other. They mess with each other. Every time I see them on the road, all I do is, is, is mess with them. And they just, they turn around they just go, you're so old. And I'm like, whatever. (laughs) I know I'm old. I'm, you know, you think I'm not old. So I love that they are because they're working on new music right now. And he keeps like sending me like little snippets of stuff. And I'm like, Oh dude, this is, this is really good. He's got a fire that I recognize in my, you know, from, yeah. you know, just he and I are kind of cut, you know, we're cut from the same cloth, you know, and right. there's a part of me that is bummed out because I know a little bit of that is because I wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm being on the road as long as I was, you know, we missed each other, man. I mean, we took advantage of every second that we could together, but I wasn't there a lot, you know, if I was working. So I know part of that uh, fire comes from that, Mm -hmm. but I will say that now, I mean, we're tighter than ever, you know, like he and I talk every day and he you know, he will call me and he will sing lyrics to me with the no music just to, just to spit it out, you know, and just kind of get it out there. And I'm just sitting there, you know, grinning like an idiot, you know, listening to my son. And it's just, you know, that's really awesome. Yeah, man. Like it's, that's really, it's a proud papa moment that, you know, I wish for everybody in the world to have that. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that. I want to ask you about something, um, switching gears. So of course, we know that you and Machine Gun Kelly have had your differences, and I by no means want to rehash any of that. Um, I feel a little responsible because it was with him on my show talking about that whole shoe rock star metaphor thing that sort of (laughs) sparked some conversation. I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) but I wanted to know if you knew that since all that went down, he has verbalized that he could have acted differently and he should have just picked up the phone. Right. I didn't know if you were aware that he had made such a sentiment or I, I I heard, I mean, we have, we have uh, mutual friends and whatnot. Um, And, you know, sometimes, sometimes people are just going to butt heads, you know? I mean, it's, you know, he and I are very similar in certain ways, and which, you know, shock and awe, you know, big mouth singers. <laughs> we are big mouth singers. <laughs> I appreciate that, you know. Um, and, you know, I guess sometimes I know from my past mistakes that sometimes the words get out and I wish I could grab them. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's... It is what it is. It's it's one of those things where he and I will probably never be friends, but 
I'm sure we can both respect each other for what we do and what we've done. Right. And just move on, you know, and it's totally, it's stuff like that, that, you know, it never needs to keep going. Right. Once you've said your piece, that's it, you know, and a lot of times it's the fans that carry it on, yeah. you know, and they, you know, especially in this day and age with social media and everything, it, it happened. It was a moment and yeah. I made my piece. I made my piece with right. it. I'm, I'm assuming he did as well. And yeah, there's that. Good. I'm glad to hear. You I'm know. just, I'm a lover. So I'm always just trying right. to put out <laughs> the love, the love vibes out there. Right, right, right. Um, you have a pretty big milestone year. Personally, this is a big year for you. Oh yeah. You have a big, <laughs> I'm, you have I'm a big... clinging, I'm clinging to 49 as hard uh-huh. as I can because <laughs> December is, that's it. I mean, we are ticking into the the fives. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's uh I mean, listen, hey. It could be worse, you know. I could be turning 50 and look 70, okay? I mean, I I'm aging. You look great. Fairly decently. You look thank. great. I take no credit for it. My wife likes me and just wants me to be healthy <laughs> and she won't let me eat all of the dangerous crap that I love and she's just like she's just like listen I I I just got you and Aww. you don't get to die you're going to stay alive for like 80 years I was like what what 80 years so she she helps me she's stoked that I'm turning 50 and she's putting like this whole big birthday thing together, man. And she oh, won't tell me awesome. what it is. And I'm just like, Oh, that's terrifying. You know what? You got to celebrate. That's wonderful. You know, getting older is wonderful. It's a gift. I never thought I would see the other side of 21, to be honest, man. I mean, the way I grew up, I was mm-hmm. haunted by the fact that I would die in my twenties, you know, just because of the way I lived, the way mm-hmm. I was, the anger that it just was unrequited and the way that I would just lash out, I was convinced I wasn't going to make it. So the fact that, Aww. you know, here we are, um, I mean, it's, it's cool. You know, I can still walk upright. <laughs> I can still, you know, I can still lift heavy things. I can take the jar, you know, take the lids off jars for my wife. I, like I'm, I'm doing good. That's amazing. I'm, 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 I haven't peaked yet, but we're getting there, you know? You're 50 and fabulous. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's a t-shirt. I I love that. Yeah, we got to do that. You heard it here first. Yeah. (laughs) It's like me and my dad jokes. I can't help myself. No, hey, trust me. We've got tons of them. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sure you do. If you could go back and talk to your 21-year-old self, what would you say? Well, I mean, there's a handful of things I'd probably say. It's like, uh, uh, don't get, well, how, how, (laughs) <laughs> How weird do you want Whatever me to go? Whatever you okay, go for it. Uh, all I'll say, and this is a blanket statement, make of it what you want. Don't find yourself in certain situations where you are naked, in danger, and someone's trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great advice. It's and pretty solid advice. Listen, right if there. it had just happened once, I could have let it go, but. It was a handful of different times. And I listen. <laughs> it was a recurring theme. I was young and in love, okay, <laughs> with booze and everything else. So there you have it. Oh, my God. Well, Corey, <laughs> you look amazing. So you keep doing you. And Alicia is the best influence. I'm glad. I cannot tell you how amazing she is, man. I, I love Aww. the fact that I have her. Yes. Having a supportive partner is is truly the greatest gift. That's awesome. It's huge. Yeah. All right. We do something called Deep Cuts. It's like a lightning round. Ooh, Okay. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. I would have to say, just because it's the first thing to come at the top of my head, yeah. Nine Inch Nails. And I would say pretty much any song off of Broken because yeah. that that EP was so earth-shattering for me, man. Like, Because, I mean, I loved, I loved the first album, but the, the, the production on that one, the way Wish – was just so visceral and in your face. It was one of the greatest songs ever written. And to this day, I listen to it and it just makes me want to just bust through walls like the Kool-Aid guy. I mean, it's so- I love that. That song 
it changed the way that I looked at writing songs and it changed the way that I, my approach to, to making music, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Trent is a genius. He is a complete beast. I just saw him last year at one of the festivals. I think it was a louder than life and Uh they were incredible. They played twice as long as Slipknot did and they were so good and it was freezing outside. I was like, how does this work? How is he doing this? I feel like they're better than ever. I, I, I think, I think he looks too. incredible. It's almost like it's like it's this weird ageless thing. Like you'd yeah. almost think he like sleeps in an oxygen chamber or something. Like uh, yeah, he's so yeah, good, exactly. You know? like there's something happening. Like something's happening. Maybe here. maybe he rubs butter on his face. Like at <laughs> night, some secret. It's just you know it absorbs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Totally. <laughs> what was your first concert? My first concert, technically. I didn't even realize I was at a concert. Let's put it this way. Okay. Um, there's this thing in Waterloo, Waterloo, Iowa, called the Fourth Street Cruise. It's kind of like a low rent fair. You know, it's where basically every year they would have all these people with rad old classic cars drive up and down Fourth Street, and they would have vendors. There were gnarly, semi-dangerous carny rides, you know, that, okay, that they yeah. bust in from like Arkansas or something. You know, there's it's like go at your own risk. Exactly. We're not sure how stable Which makes this it is. It's a little more fun, but at the same time, yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know. So me and my friends, we would go down there because it you, we could get away from adults and we could smoke and do drugs. So we, you know, we're down there, we're wandering around like miscreants, and all of a sudden we see um this flatbed truck pulled up and they're setting up instruments and everything. And we're like, Hmm, interesting. Okay. We kept walking, we come back and now there's a band playing and we don't recognize any of the songs, you know? I mean, we were almost 13, you know? So we were a little more bombastic when it came to like the music that we were listening to. And we're like, okay. And we're walking back again and the band is coming back on and we stopped and we were like, okay, let's see, let's see what they're doing. This is, uh, ostensibly, this was their encore, and they played Magic Carpet Ride. Oh wow! And Born to Be Wild. Nice. We just, I just accidentally saw Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Oh my god. Yeah, in the early '80s, that was my first concert. That is incredible. I remember going, oh, my mom likes these guys. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> and it just kind of came out, you know, and. So this, to this day, I, I realized I was like, "Oh man, I I saw some cool, some cool stuff that day." You know, I wasn't just That's getting pretty special. messed up. Yeah, an impromptu Steppenwolf concert. You didn't even realize you were at. Yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. Like, and yeah. I, there wasn't a lot of people, man. So it was really like, I mean, I could see it. We were really close. That's cool. Yeah. That's a really cool story. Yeah. I love that. What's your favorite movie? Oh God, it depends on the genre. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I was talking about it the other day. I'll say uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. Um, it's a clinic in not just in special effects and gore and I mean just – and everybody in it was amazing. But the fact that it's so claustrophobic yeah. and so tense and it builds this incredible vibe in the environment, you're just like – you just never know, you know? So I love, I love that movie. So it's one good. of my favorites of all time. What's your favorite meal or cuisine? Ooh, if I'm eating healthy or if I'm not eating healthy. Um, Either if, one. If I'm not eating healthy, it's fried chicken with uh, mashed potatoes and gravy and maybe some waffles on the side. Yeah. Um, if I'm eating healthy, it's my wife's vegan lasagna that she makes. Oh, okay. And it is Oh, chef kiss. It's it's all hand it's all homemade. Um she makes a, she makes it herself and I, the cool thing is is when I help her make it, I get to eat, you know, some of the stuff that's actually going into it. So I fill up As before going, we even yeah. bake the thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. If you were not a musician, what would you be? I wish I could say a teacher. You know, because that's the thing I always wanted to be. I was always I wanted to be a history teacher when I was younger. But I don't have the patience for it and I I kind of hate other kids. If I didn't make them, <laughs> I hate other kids, really. I mean, and I and I say that in passing. I love kids as long as it's in little increments, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the that's most, fair. If I had that's to kind of show up day in, day out for weak ass pay, 
and try to teach these kids who don't really care about anything, I'd probably snap within like a week, you know? So I don't know, man. I Maybe an actor, maybe a writer, you know? I mean, it would definitely mm-hmm. be something- Something creative. Something creative. Yeah, man. I, I just, I've always kind of leaned into that area, you know? So it's, I mean, at this point, you know, God knows I've got enough, you know, kind of dogs in the fire. So I could probably do right. a million other things, right? Yeah. Yeah. You are creative through and through. What is a song that you wish you wrote? 10 Years Gone by Led Zeppelin. We just did a cover of that um, for the B-Sides. And oh, right, we, right, tracked right, right. It, we tracked it live in the studio wow. because there was no way we were going to be able to kind of piece it together. We tracked it live and we just kept looking at each other going, are we really doing this? This is insane. And it, I'm telling you, Al, it sounds yeah. amazing. Like, oh, I cannot I can't wait. wait for people to hear it. It's so... Because that's a ballsy move. Covering Led Zeppelin yeah. is a ballsy move. Especially that song, man. Because that yes. song, musically, is yes. fucking Olympics, man. It's Otherworldly. Yeah, exactly. There's so many overdubs and there's so many parts that get lost in the production of the original that you don't realize that Jimmy Page was kind of fitting everything together like a fabric. It was insane, right? And then just what Robert was able to lay down, I mean, the... The emotion and the intent in his voice, I can only hope that I did, you know, did it credit basically. But I, oh, I'm psyched. people need I can't to hear. Wait. Yeah, it's right. I, yes, w- I, I need really to hear that wish. in particular. Yeah. What is something your fans would be su- surprised to learn about you? I mean, at this point, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think we can, I think it's safe to say that I'm a classic oversharer. So I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really sure, man. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think now they know that I do a lot of work with uh, with military and whatnot, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think they would be shocked just to know just how much I've done over the years. You know, um, yeah. my my family, a large part of my family was was military. My grandfather mm-hmm. uh, was in the Korean War. He's one of the reasons why I started the, the Taylor Foundation, mm-hmm. and I I think it's. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of all of this stuff that I do for uh, for charity purposes. Um, I was finally able to do something with the USO uh, three years ago um, because for a long time they just didn't want to have anything to do with me, which I get. I'm, you know, I'm bombastic. I'm subversive. It's fine. But at the same time, like, I know we have a lot of fans who serve and a lot of fans who, you know, serve and protect and a lot of fans who, you know, night in, night out, go out and try to save people's lives. So I try to pay it forward as much as I can, whether it's by helping other charities or, you know, putting the time into, to my foundation, which helps, uh, it helps people in all of those walks deal with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I've been trying to knit together a national network of local organizations, you know, because sometimes people only really get exposed to the national organizations who are are doing the work, which is great. And I'm glad that they exist, but there are so many local places in all of these cities and, Mm -hmm. and states who are available and maybe people don't even really know about them. So I've been using the Taylor Foundation to boost their signal and really make sure that, you know, when people go to our website, they can look up and find a place that's close to them. And even if there's if it's a, a type of therapy that they're not comfortable with, those people can maybe put them in touch with somebody who can help them because that's what it all comes down to. That's fantastic. It's so important and there's not enough help. So that's, that's great that you're doing that. Well, it's not you. enough help. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I think that is so admirable and, and important. So thank you yeah. for doing that. What are words you live by? I mean, at this point in my life, don't say it unless you mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, don't say it unless you're going to do something, basically. Uh, it's and, it, and that doesn't even have to do with like insults or, you know, you know kind of cutting into people. It has to do with what you want to put out there and, and what you want to do in your life, you know, don't say something, don't talk about something unless you're willing to put the energy and the time into making it happen, you know, because 
that's a great way to end up with regret. Yes. Is by sitting back going, man, do you remember that time I was talking about this and I should have done that? It's like, well, if you had said it and then just done it, it would be done, man. And you could have, you know, kind of capitalized on it and made something even bigger than yourself. So to me, in this day and age, don't say something unless you're ready to do it. And don't say something unless you mean it with every part of your heart. I love that. There's, there's already so much noise, you know? So it's like, yeah. let's not contribute to that noise yeah. unless there's going to be actions behind it. Exactly. For sure. I like that. Last but not least, what do you hope to achieve next? My goal, now that our Lord and Savior, Ozzy Osbourne, is retiring, sadly, from live music, I am hoping to grab the torch in his name and carry on and try to achieve even half of what he's been able to do. Um, that's my goal is to continue to make music in well into my later years, uh, hang out with my kids and just, you know, try to be happy with my wife, you know, steal her away every once in a while so we can have a decent vacation oh, and enjoy her cooking. Oh, Trust me, if you saw me from the waist up right now, like I enjoy <laughs> too much of her cooking, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Corey, I am so glad we got to hang today. And this is a big birthday year for you. I hope you celebrate yeah. the whole year and beyond. Uh, and thank you. And I can't wait for all of this new music. You'll have to keep me posted. I can't wait for you to hear it. I think you guys are going to dig it. It's going to be great. Corey is just awesome. He is a larger-than-life rock star with a beautiful, caring heart, and I am so excited for this next chapter of his solo career. It is now time for my sound advice. New music you need to know on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. You can find this wherever you listen to music and at allisonhagendorf.com. We, of course, have to honor today's guest, Corey Taylor, by playing the new song he just put out this week. Corey said the song and the video is a reflection of finding the massive love in your life, the passion that comes along with it, and the fire that keeps you running and smiling. It is a come-together song. Check out the latest from Corey Taylor, Beyond. Next on my sound advice is a band that Corey and I talked about when we were discussing new bands that we're both loving. We talked about Sleep Token, who I featured on my sound advice in episode two with Tom Morello, but I want to feature another band we talked about, Australian band Amel and the Sniffers. The front woman, Amy, she has been receiving rave reviews from Corey and other rock stars, including Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins and Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction. Amy has been called a female Iggy Pop. She is a force making her presence known. Check out Amel and the Sniffers with their song, Hurts. Next on my sound advice is the truly unique artist, Gene Dawson. He is a musician, a visual artist, a storyteller, and his music is genreless and truly captivating. Gene recently released a pair of songs as the character Phoenix, and he explains, Phoenix is a boy on the fringe and is described to write with the tenacity of Kurt Cobain and the subversive subjectivity of a David Bowie. Phoenix is only as real as the listener listening. One of my favorite parts of the song is the unexpected, gorgeous guitar solo about two minutes in. I love that Gene Dawson loves guitar solos. Who doesn't? Check out the latest from Gene Dawson, Youth. Next on my sound advice is the latest from Kenny Hoopla. I have been waiting for this one. Kenny is really paving his own way and is one of the most exciting new voices in the alternative rock world. He'll be opening for Blink-182 and Limp Bizkit later this year, and he'll be playing Reading and Leeds as well. Check out his new song out today, Kenny Hoopla with You Needed a Hit. Also on my sound advice is the newest from John Harvey out today. Originally from Philly, John has a sweet spot for all things 90s. Although he gravitates towards pop punk, this song channels his love for bands like Linkin Park. He actually mentions them in the song. Nirvana, Weezer, Deftones, and Incubus. He collaborated with better than Ezra frontman Kevin Griffin on this one. And in just two hours, this song was born. Check out John Harvey's latest. It's called At My Worst. That's my sound advice this week. You can hear all of these plus more on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. The link to that's in the show notes. You can hear it wherever you listen to music and at allisonhagendorf.com. Thank you so much, as always, for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. 
You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch the show on Instagram and YouTube. I would love to hear from you. So please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I would love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and what new music I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. And remember, you're a rock star. 